Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here, and today's topic is hypothyroidism. I want to share with you why I feel like it's so important that we discuss this topic. I want to share how many of the tests that have been run for you, if you've been told that everything looks okay with your thyroid, may be inadequate, and the various areas of your thyroid metabolism that they're ignoring that can absolutely be making the difference between the way you feel, good or horrible. And I want to share the five things that I really want you to know if you either suspect you have hypothyroidism or you have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Okay, so let's get started. I wanted to talk to you about this today because in my practice, I have noticed how many women have told me in consultations, I really, really think I have thyroid issues, but for years and years, they've been running tests for me and they always tell me it's okay. But every time I look at that list of symptoms, I really don't feel like it could be anything else. It fits me perfectly. And when people say this, or they tell me all their symptoms, I'm like, does not sound like thyroid issues. I have not once, and I'm not even kidding. I have not once had a person who suspected they had thyroid issues come back with their full and complete labs. And I mean, full and complete labs to be perfect and in good operating order and their whole thyroid metabolism is working well. So it is that common that I can't think of a single person that has come through my practice that has been wrong about the fact that they had thyroid issues. It may not have been exactly with their thyroid, but somewhere along the metabolism, something was going wrong and making them feel like they had a slow sluggish thyroid. So it's that common. And I wanted to make sure that you know it's common and you're not alone if you're feeling that way. And there's a pathway forward. Hopefully we can illuminate that for you today. Another reason why I wanted to share this topic with you is because if your thyroid metabolism, wherever it's messing up, is messing up, you have global systemic dysfunction because every cell on your body has a thyroid hormone receptor. And it does so many different things throughout your body that it creates a huge array of symptoms that make you feel awful, but you can't quite put your finger on it. The most common symptoms are weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, constipation, hair loss, either on your head or on your eyebrows, like the outer third of your eyebrows your skin gets dry. I mean, there's actually plenty more. You have problems with detoxifying. There's just, I mean, I could go on and on and on. However, those are the most common ones. And you just need to kind of go with this takeaway that if you do not have your thyroid metabolism optimized, you will have an array of symptoms that will make you feel like crud, even though you may look perfectly healthy and perfectly normal to everybody on the outside. So I also wanted to bring this topic to you because it's really near and dear and personal to me. I have Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis. So that is where you have autoimmune attack on your thyroid. 
And um, so it's an autoimmune disease. Your immune system's gotten confused. It sees the thyroid as the enemy and it is attacking and killing your thyroid. I have a story with that that I want to share with you in a second, but I do want to tell you that this is where my functional medicine career and practice actually started was with helping myself and healing myself. And then my friend's mom was really struggling. So my friend hooked her up with me for me to try to help her. And then all of a sudden it just sort of spread like wildfire. So, you know, I know Hashimoto's, the autoimmunity for thyroid, and I know hypothyroidism very, very well. And it is so widespread and common that I wanted to share with you um, because it's so near and dear to my heart. And it is something that I've struggled with for most of my life. When I was eight years old, I went into my pediatrician. It was actually a family medicine doctor, but no matter. And he walked in the door and he, I remember him like flying backwards through the door and being like, whoa, because my goiter, which is what it's called when your thyroid is swollen and huge, was so big. It was probably almost out to my chin. I was going in because I couldn't swallow. I was having a really hard time even swallowing liquids or let alone food. And so I had my mom take me in for that reason. But truthfully, I think I had been struggling with hypothyroidism and autoimmunity for many years. After all, like my nickname in my family was turtle because I just sort of moved slow and sluggishly and I talked kind of slow and I was just kind of real low key. And so I think I had actually been struggling for a long time, but that is when I got my first official diagnosis with Hashimoto's and it was actually so unstable that through the first couple, two, three years, probably at least of that diagnosis, I had to go in every week for lab draws because my thyroid was so severely dysfunctional and my autoimmune attack was so insanely high. So I have been dealing with this for, oh, I don't want to really do the math, <laughs> 35 ish years um, since that diagnosis, but probably longer. And it affected me in so many ways. So I really have a lot of empathy for the struggles that people go through when they're not getting proper care with thyroid issues. When I was in 10th grade, 11th grade, and I had barely even read any books at all because I couldn't get to the end of a sentence without forgetting what the beginning of a sentence said. By the time I read the end, I forgot the beginning. And so I was having a really hard time with school. They were testing me for all kinds of learning disabilities, but they really couldn't put their finger on anything. I didn't qualify for anything at all. And it was just this big mystery. I was really, really struggling. Around that time, you know, I had grown up in a home. There was, it was a pretty high stress home environment and we had mold in our house quite certainly. And we didn't have very good nutrition because as I've shared in past podcasts about being stuck in fight or flight, my mom got stuck in fight or flight, got really sick with fibromyalgia and ended up bedridden for a few years. And so we pretty much lived on soda and ice cream and pizza because <laughs> it's not exactly a great nutritional foundation. So all of those things, I think, kind of contributed to me being diagnosed at such a young age, but it also had a genetic component. I will share with you a little bit more about my journey because I think you might be able to relate to it. And I think you'll definitely learn because it's been a long one, <laughs> but I won't share all the deets. So my first remission was actually as a senior in high school. I got my real first serious boyfriend and spent a lot of time out of the house and just getting out of that environment. I ended up actually going into my first remission. And then I went from 
really struggling and being having to be tested for learning disabilities to straight A's. And I actually ended up becoming the, I guess, top student or whatever in this three-year science and technology program that I was in. So I went from like brain mush to like sharp, sharp, sharp in just one year. And that was from exiting, whether it be the mold, the stress, my nutrition wasn't any better because I was a senior in high school, but something like that, it triggered my very first remission. Now my thyroid issue is autoimmune. And so if you have autoimmunity, you never really get cured. You can go into remission and then you, you may relapse with various either hormonal changes, stresses, diet changes, infections. There's all kinds of different reasons. So you can kind of go into remission, go back to relapse, remission, relapse. It's kind of the way it goes. It's just the nature of the beast, I guess. So after I went into remission, I actually, after being on thyroid medicine for 10 years, I didn't need it anymore, which was insane. Um, All of my thyroid numbers were actually pretty good. So that would be about age 17, all the way till I was about 21, almost 2021. And I had a high stress job as a stockbroker. I then went into all my prerequisites for chiropractic college and went into chiropractic college. That was kind of a stressful year or two. So after all of those stressful years of prerequisites and getting into chiropractic college, the straw that broke the camel's back was actually that I went into my first year there and we all had cadavers that we needed to dissect for that whole first nine months. So we spent hours at a time each week in a lab filled with formaldehyde. And I am convinced that formaldehyde just whomped my immune system because it sent me into just the mother (laughs) of all relapses for years. And I think I probably could have gotten out of that relapse sooner, but the high stress of chiropractic college. And then I went right out of chiropractic college. The day I actually graduated, I didn't get to walk. I became a mom for the first time that day I was in labor. And so I became a mom. I graduated, became a doctor, and I went straight into my own practice, which was probably that trifecta of stupidity when I was in a flare, but I did it. It wasn't until I finally was in my own practice and couldn't even finish sentences at all. It would take me forever to find the words to finish a single sentence that I had to close my practice down to decrease my stress level and figure my autoimmune flare out because I was not getting any better. It was only getting worse and it was really, really scary. So my second remission was when I cut the stress really intensely And I found all of the diet key components, not all of them, but the majority of the diet key components to putting yourself in remission if you have Hashimoto's and it worked like a charm. I can't even explain to you the difference that I felt from going from a kid who could barely read and then a doctor who had my own practice and I couldn't finish a sentence to finding these key components out that I plan to share with you over the next few weeks a light bulb came on and I was just a whole different person. Like my brain was on fire. I actually started all of my functional medicine training around that time. I struggled through my first thyroid class because I hadn't got put all the pieces together. As soon as I started doing that, I started learning all the functional neurology. I finished that. What's usually typically a three-year program to get through. I did that in a year and a half. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Night and day difference. So there is hope out there. If you're feeling like, you're not even close to your true potential. 
it may just be you haven't found all the answers yet. And so, um, you know, these are the reasons why I wanted to, to chat about this with you. So I went through a good seven years of remission, and then I had my third child. Postnatal flares are typical, but they don't usually last this long. I had moved into a house that had a massive mold issue that we hadn't discovered until recently. And unfortunately, I tragically lost my, my little brother. He passed away. And so this was all in the span of like three years. And so basically I am currently in, not in remission. I'm currently in a relapse. I'm working my way out of it. Autoimmunity is complex. And you know now the diet isn't quite working as well because there's more factors in there. And this is the way autoimmunity goes. But I just want to let you know, I've been through the remission. I've been through the relapses. I want that to be, even though it may not be like a total, like seamless rainbow to the pot of gold at the end, I wanted to give you hope. And I also want to give you realism that if it is an autoimmune condition, then that is the way that it goes. And you just have to take supreme care of yourself. And I want to share my best tips with you today and over the next few weeks. So hopefully you can feel that vibrant light and all that potential that you have inside you that maybe you haven't quite felt yet. And it can be yours for the taking here in the new future. Okay, so that brings me to my next topic, which is, I got to tell you, of all the years I suffered with thyroid, I probably went three decades without a full thyroid panel. And almost nobody who comes to me with thyroid symptoms or having had thyroid for decades and decades thyroid issues, um, they almost have never had a full thyroid panel either. And so what is tested most of the time is your TSH. And then if you're lucky, you might get T4, T3 of some form. The problem is that there are so many stages to the metabolism of your thyroid hormone. And those are just testing one or two, sometimes three areas. There's actually 24 to 26 different patterns of thyroid dysfunction in your metabolism that could be causing you symptoms. I'm not gonna go into all 24, 26 patterns with you, but what I will say is just for basics, you need to have a brain that is signaling down to your thyroid gland correctly. Your thyroid gland needs to be producing enough T4, produces a little bit of T3, the active hormone as well, and you need to have a body that is converting T4 to the active form of hormone T3 adequately. And then finally, it needs to be able to get into the cells. So those are the general basics of the metabolism. So I want to break those down with just a little bit more detail so that you have an idea of why they matter and how testing them is important. So first, your brain signaling down to your thyroid gland, that is an area that is measured by your TSH. But you don't want to just look at your TSH. You want to look at your TSH and your total T4. That's how much T4 your thyroid gland is actually making. The doctors that are only using TSH to measure your thyroid production, your need for thyroid hormone, how your thyroid gland is doing are really missing the mark for two reasons. Number one, that brain signaling gets very messed up by stress and stress-related effects on the brain. So we could be talking about acute traumatic stress. We could be talking about chronic stress. We could be talking about 
wiring from past stressful experiences in your brain that has messed up your brain signaling down to not just your thyroid, but actually all of your hormone secreting glands. So that is so incredibly common. I can't even tell you enough. And that is why TSH is not a good marker all by itself to measure your need for thyroid support. In addition, your TSH goes up and down and up and down really intensely if you have autoimmunity. The reason is if your immune system is attacking your thyroid and it's killing thyroid cells, as those cells die, they release T4. And that T4 goes into your blood cells. You become kind of hyperthyroid at that moment in time because you have a lot of T4 release. And so you might have heart palpitations or anxiety or sleeplessness, nervousness, fidgetiness, all kinds of hyperthyroid symptoms. And so your brain will actually sample that blood and say, that's way too much T4 in your system. And then it cuts off the signal that goes down to your thyroid and it says, okay, like we've got way too much T4 in our system. Stop producing, stop producing T4. And so when it does that, then you slide all into hypothyroidism. And that's when you have the sluggishness, the constipation, the fatigue, the weight gain, the hair loss, the dry skin, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you have autoimmune thyroid issues, you fly between hyper and hypo and your TSH flies all over the place, depending on the amount of immune system attack on your thyroid. I hope that's not getting too fancy sciencey for you, but it's kind of important to know. So again, that brain signaling can be majorly affected by stress and it can be majorly affected if you have an active autoimmune attack going on. And that will affect your TSH without giving you a really good accurate view of what your actual thyroid support needs are. So that's the first one. The second one is the amount of T4 that your thyroid is actually making. I just sort of told you the story of how that flies up and down based off of an autoimmune attack. If you have had a short-term autoimmune flare, the antibodies are relatively new. Oftentimes there's not a lot of damage to your thyroid yet, and you can catch it nice and early and you don't necessarily need long-term thyroid support. This can be illustrated by how I was able to go in my teen years in my first set of remission, my thyroid numbers were actually okay. And I didn't need to remain on thyroid support because I didn't have that much thyroid damage. Now, fast forward 35 years later, my thyroid has been through so many autoimmune attacks that it's probably pretty much non-existent and I will never be off thyroid medicine. Okay. So the amount of T4 your thyroid's able to produce can be affected by the amount of autoimmunity that may or may not have happened with you. It can also be affected by some nutrients that it may be missing. So that is looking at your thyroid itself. If so far so good on your thyroid metabolism, your brain signaling right, your thyroid is able to produce enough T4, you still have to convert that T4 over to the active form, which is T3. And that conversion mostly happens in a healthy functioning liver and a healthy functioning gut. And so the reason why I bring this up to you is because there is a reason why a lot of people can't convert to that active form of T3 because their liver is sluggish, whether that be from environmental toxins, pollution, personal care toxins, yucky food sources, 
fatty liver because of being overweight, sometimes even being caused by being hypothyroid itself. I mean, you don't always have to earn the heaviness, right? So there can be lots of struggles with your liver that if you don't pay good attention and give your liver some loving, it will affect the T4 that your thyroid makes from getting converted over to the active form of T3. So most of that conversion over to the active form happens in a good, healthy, functioning liver, but some of it does happen in a healthy, functioning gut as well. And that is why digestive health is so very important to getting that active T3 level where it should be. And then the final stage of your thyroid metabolism that is a main struggle in some people is actually getting that T3, that active form into your cells. There are two reasons why that could be problematic. Number one, T3, once it's converted, once T4 is converted to T3, hope you're following me, actually floats around in your blood connected to estrogen. And that estrogen is supposed to let it go. And then your thyroid is able to be delivered to cell receptors to be sucked into the cell and utilized. But if you have too much estrogen in your system, then the thyroid, the T3 gets, the thyroid hormone gets released from the estrogen and another estrogen is right there to pick it on up. And it doesn't allow that T3 to be free for long enough to be able to find that receptor and get sucked into the cell and utilized. So estrogen dominance, too much estrogen absolutely can mess up your thyroid metabolism. This is something that is not necessarily thought of in traditional labs and approaches to your thyroid metabolism as well. So I'm bringing it up to you now. And this is why a lot of people who are on hormone replacement therapy estrogens and a lot of people who are on birth control have struggles with their thyroid. I personally definitely got a lot better when I got off birth control pills. So I've seen it with many patients as well, just keeping your mind open to that possibility. So the estrogen could be a problem, but then if you do have free T3 and it goes to your cells and the receptors are kind of dumbed down, so it's supposed to work like a lock and key. And if the receptors are kind of dumbed down and like not able to latch onto that T3 and pull it into the cell as well, then you can end up with it sort of just bouncing off the cell and going back into circulation. And you need it in that cell to actually do the positive effects of having proper thyroid hormones. So why would your cell receptor get dumbed down? That can happen if your homocysteine, which is a measure that can be made, uh, a marker that can be measured on labs. If your homocysteine is too high, we like to see it between six and seven. If it's above seven, it starts making your thyroid receptors not take in the thyroid hormone. So why does homocysteine get high? It can get high because of stress. It can get high because of B12 or folate, which is another B vitamin deficiency. And it can get high because of zinc deficiencies as well, or trouble with your microbiome. But for the most part, the first spots you look are stress and B12 and folate in order to get your homocysteine where it should be so that that thyroid hormone could actually find its way into the cell to be useful. So that was kind of a big, heavy thyroid metabolism lesson. But just to review, we're talking about your brain signaling correctly, and that's negatively affected by stress and negatively affected by an autoimmune attack. You need your thyroid producing enough T4. That can be 
affected by some nutrients, but also mostly it's autoimmunity that has attacked your thyroid. You need your T4 to convert to the active T3 in a healthy liver and gut. And you need the T3 to be able to find the cell by not being completely like taken up by way too much estrogen in your system or by a dumbed down cell receptor because of B12, folate or deficiencies or stress. So I hope that kind of summarizes it in a, a quick recap there. And then finally, I just want to share with you the five things I wish I knew when I first had thyroid, or at least a good 10 years into it, um, when I was a teenager or a young adult, um, it would have saved me decades of suffering. And I hope that you can get some relief by these tips as well. So most hypothyroidisms are autoimmune in nature. It's about 90%. And many people don't know that because Traditional medicine is not always checking your antibodies. So you can check TPO antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies to see if they are high. And if they are high, that is an autoimmune thyroid issue. That cannot be ignored because we want to get your thyroid hormones correct so that you're feeling well, but we also cannot ignore autoimmunity because that means your immune system is imbalanced confused and dysfunctional. That means the attack on your thyroid will continue if you don't figure out why your immune system's confused and rectify it. So you're going to continue to have higher and higher dosing, unstable thyroid hormone levels, and you're also going to have an immune system that is confused. And maybe this time it's not going to be confused about your thyroid. Maybe it'll be confused about another tissue and you're going to start collecting autoimmune diseases, which is absolutely not what we want to do because having an autoimmune thyroid issue is absolutely miserable. However, if it's attacking the myelin, like the sheets that protect your nerves, then you're looking at something like multiple sclerosis. You can have lupus. It's a roll of the dice if you don't fix your autoimmunity. And like I said, as miserable as hypothyroidism caused by autoimmunity is, there are worse diagnoses. So autoimmunity needs to be known. It needs to be addressed. And about 90% of hypothyroidism is autoimmunity. And most people are walking around not knowing that. So that's my first tip. My second tip is there is a lot you can do to calm your autoimmunity by working through and figuring out which foods are confusing your immune system because the food or the infection, it can happen with infections too. The protein structure of the food or the infection looks so much like your thyroid that every time your immune system sees these specific foods, it gets confused and it attacks your thyroid further. So you can get yourself really far if you figure those out. Those first two facts and tips that I just shared with you are actually things that I'm going to be addressing in the next couple of weeks of episodes for you. So make sure you stay tuned because we're going to dive deep into them. They're very important for you to know. I need you to know that if you feel like you have thyroid issues, it's not in your head. You most likely have not had a full thyroid panel and somewhere along the way, something is kinked and your metabolism is not correct, which will make you feel like you have thyroid issues, even if your thyroid gland is working lovely. Okay. So you can get full labs. If your medical doctor, your primary care physician will not cooperate, 
there are ways that you can get a full thyroid panel, order it yourself. Yes, you pay out of pocket type services like Direct Labs or like Quest Direct, I believe it's called. You can order that yourself if you cannot get to someone who will give you a full thyroid panel. Functional medicine practitioners usually will, naturopaths often will. So those are paths that you can go. Some health coaches will often do that as well if your primary care is unwilling. Sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes their hands are tied by insurance, but get yourself some full labs because it's not in your head if you're feeling that way. I'm almost certain of it. And the fourth thing I need you to know is that you have medication options. I spent most of my life on levothyroxine. I heard that Synthroid was better, so I switched to Synthroid. Then I took a break from Synthroid. When I tried the Synthroid again, it crashed me for three weeks. Um, those are both synthetic T4s. You have natural thyroid options. Some primary practitioners will not entertain the thought of you using them. However, you do have some natural desiccated thyroid that are basically armor thyroid. It comes from pigs. Those are usually T4, T3 combinations. They have their downsides too for some people. And then finally, you can get T4, T3, whatever you need compounded at a compounding pharmacy. You may have a little bit of struggle getting your primary care physician to do that. Sometimes you have to go to a naturopath or something, some other type of practitioner for that. But it is an option for you. It's personally the option that I have found works best for me. Those are just some ideas. Which one is going to work best for you is almost a guessing game. It depends on what kind of autoimmunity you have. It depends on your metabolism, like how well you're converting. It depends on if you're allergic to the fillers and the Synthroid and the levothyroxine. There's all kinds of variables. And unfortunately, there's not like a black and white answer to that because sometimes it is a little bit trial and error, which is not a fun thing when you're messing with hormones, because it takes six to eight weeks to find out if dosing and if medication's right for you. But I need to let you know that you do have options out there. And it's not just the typical levothyroxine kind of synthetic T4 that you usually get. This is the biggest one that I need you to know, never go unmedicated. Okay. Actually, hypothyroidism can cause some really severe brain swelling that can put you in a coma and can be deadly. I myself, when I was trying to get answers, ended up at a doctor that took me completely off my thyroid. And he said, we'll know in a few months, you know, if you're able to stay off your thyroid or not. And this was as an adult, it was 30, I was probably 30 something. By the time I got back in, I found out you're not supposed to do that when I went to go take my own courses in thyroid and functional medicine. And by the time I got back in, it was scary levels. Okay. I don't want that to happen to you. If you get in the hands of a doctor who says that you need to not only ignore that request for you to quit the medicine, but you also need to run. That's dangerous. Okay. So I wanted to end on that note because it could be life-saving and you are precious. <laughs> so anyhow, I just wanted to um, do a quick recap why the thyroid is so important for us to discuss. It's so common for you to be struggling. I wanted you to know that oftentimes the labs are inadequate and some very basics about your thyroid metabolism so that you're armed with more information on where things might be going wrong with you and how you might want to address them. 
And I shared with you my five tips. If you suspect that you have a thyroid issue or you know you have a thyroid issue, these are things you definitely need to know. Please stay tuned for the next few weeks. I will be going more into cross-reactivity, finding the foods that may help your thyroid, help your autoimmunity, how you figure out those food sensitivities. I will also talk to you more about autoimmunity specifically and how to unravel it, as well as how to give your liver some lovin' so that you can help your thyroid metabolism shine. Alrighty, take good care of yourself. Be well. Bye-bye.